series that we're going to start. It's really just a mini-series. I know that I'm going to talk about it today and next week. I want to let you know that March 2nd, which is the third Sunday from today, um, Pastor Earl and Pastor Marcy will be with us that weekend. And um, so you want to make plans to be here March 2nd. Uh, They will be here that Sunday morning. Pastor Earl will be ministering. I know he's going to bring a great word. We've already talked a little bit about it. And so I'm just kind of squeezing in a word here before he gets here. Um, But I believe that coming off of our extraordinary series, I think that this is a very important topic to cover. And uh, the title of this series, the premise of this series is, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? And the thing that I have found with the church more so today than ever is we are in an identity crisis. I see a church today that is trying harder at adapting to what's around them than creating a culture from themselves. That's what I see today as a pastor um, and uh, other pastors that I see and other churches that I see. And um, that is not who we are. Uh, The Bible says nothing about us adapting. It says we're in the world, but it says that we're not of the world. So really, we're not supposed to reflect our surroundings at all. We're not supposed to blend in. We're not supposed to be a chameleon. And I believe that the number one reason for this is a lack of identity. It's a lack of just simply knowing who we are. Because the problem is, is you can't be who you don't know. You can't be what you don't know. You can't do what you don't think you can do. You can't go places where you don't think you're allowed to go. And so there's access, there's a person, there's a new identity that's come to us as the church, as believers in the kingdom of God. And it's going to require us to come into some knowledge of some things. Into some knowledge, because you just can't be who you don't know you are. And we know who Jesus is. That's why it's called I know you are. We know who Jesus is. And we talk about Jesus all the time. We talk about how awesome he was and how powerful he was and and the the, the things that happened in his life and in his ministry. And and, and, and we, we disregard that in our own lives. We don't put ourselves in the same ballpark. We don't put ourselves in the same picture. We don't put ourselves in the same column as Jesus. But what I want to show you today is that we are actually in Christ. Um, I'm actually preaching out of my study Bible. I haven't preached out of this in a long time because it's so big and bulky, but there's no way I'll ever get rid of this thing for the rest of my life. The only thing I ever I'll imagine that I will do with this is I'll pass it down to my son when he's old enough to know what this is and treasure it as well. I've had this for about 12 years now. And 12 years ago, I came into a teaching. I came into an understanding of something that I had never really seen before. And I grew up in church, and I grew up around the Word. But there was a teaching that I became familiar with uh, back in 2001, and it was called the In Him Realities, or In Christ Realities. And what I learned through that was that my identity is in Christ. Now, I knew I was saved. I knew I was a born-again believer, and um, I even had an idea of, the power that I possess, but I didn't understand that when God sees me, he sees Jesus. I never tied the two together. And so I began to hear this teaching, 
And the reason why I pulled this Bible out is because I began to go through the epistles. And by the way, if you've ever wondered, the epistles are what you need to be reading the most than any other book in this book, in the Bible. Those are letters to you. Joshua is not a letter to you. Genesis is not a letter to you. But Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Corinthians, Thessalonians, that is your identity. That is who you are. Those letters that Paul wrote are the most important books in the Bible. Now, I'm not negating the rest of the Bible. I'm not disregarding it, the rest of it as truth or not as valuable or not as important because it's all there for us. Hebrews tells us that the Old Testament is there to be an example to us. Amen. There's a lot of things we can learn from the Israelites wandering around in the wilderness. There's a lot of things we can learn from Joshua taking the children. And there's a lot of things we can learn from all those kings and all those nations that continue to fail and fall. There's a lot we can learn from David. But if you want to know who you are and you want to know why you're here, you need to go uh, beginning with Corinthians and go on down. That is your identity. And so what I've done in this Bible here particularly is I've gone through the epistles and everywhere where I see in Christ or in him, I've underlined it. Every single instance, I've underlined it. So I can identify it quickly because that tells me that's a verse about me. Paul's telling me something about who I am. And I believe today that a misunderstanding of the church's identity is the number one cause for impotency in the church. Impotency is simply the lack of power. And the church is a powerless church today as a whole. We've taken off, we've taken off a weak concept, a weak mindset, and I believe the number one cause of that is we just don't know who we are. In fact, we've allowed other people to tell us who we are. We've allowed other people to tell us who the church is and what the church should do and where the church should go and what the church is capable of instead of going to God's word. And finding out for ourselves. Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 16. This is where we're going to begin. Matthew chapter 16. Yes. Come in. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. Jesus is speaking with his disciples. We're about six months out. From the crucifixion, it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, you'll notice two references to Jesus. You'll notice son of man and son of God. Son of man refers to the fact that he was a fleshly being, a natural person like you and I. Son of God refers to the fact that he is God in the flesh. Okay. So he's asking, who do men say that I, the fleshly person on the outside, the one that they see doing all these miracles and traveling around and preaching in the synagogue, who do men say that I am? And Jesus is not asking this because he doesn't know who he is, but he's getting ready to lay some foundation that we can look at to better understand how we come to know our identity. So in verse 14, they said, some say, other people say, 
that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and others Jeremiah or even one of the prophets. So they're they're speaking of him as just another prophet that's been before. They think this this they can only compare him to something that they've seen before. They can't compare him to something that's never existed. And we know that none of those answers are correct. And in verse 15, he said to them, but who do you? Okay, so who do they say? Who do you say? And verse 16, Simon Peter steps up and he answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. So he went from son of man to son of God. He identified that the Son of Man is the Son of God. And he got it right. He answered the question right. Ding, ding, ding. And look what Jesus has to say in verse 17. He answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but, but, my Father who is in heaven. Now see, Jesus wasn't asking them to find out who he was. I don't know who I am. Maybe these guys know. They've been hanging out with me. You know, I've been sleeping with these guys and drinking with these guys, eating and traveling and going all over the place. They've been with me for the last three, three and a half years now. And maybe they have an idea who I am. That's not why he's asking. But in essence, he comes back and he confirms that Peter answers correctly. But here's the number one thing you have to know. If you're ever going to discover your identity, you have to understand that there's only one person that has your identity, that knows your identity. There's only one. And Jesus doesn't accept his answer because Simon said it. He accepts his answer because my father who is in heaven said it. And you just simply agreed with what he's already said about me. The Bible is to be your primary source of identity. If you're going anywhere else, you will not find it. If we're going to talk about identity and how we come to know who we are and come to know ourselves, we've got to know where we discover that at. And the Bible is your primary source. So you don't let people define you. You don't let people tell you what they think of you or who they think you are or what, the, what they think you can do. The Bible is to be your primary source. So on the flip side of that, if the Bible is to be your primary source, then the greatest hindrance to you discovering your identity is going to the wrong source of information. Your greatest hindrance, the thing that will keep you from finding out who you really are, who you truly are, is going to the wrong source. And some of us go to the wrong source sometimes. Some of us are asking other people like Jesus did, but Jesus wasn't moved by it. You notice that they could answer and say, you, they didn't get to this prophet or this prophet. And he wasn't moved. He didn't start doubting himself. He didn't start, well, it, maybe I am. Maybe I'm just one of these. Maybe I'm just another prophet like all these other people. Maybe I'm not that great. Maybe I'm not that special. Because Elijah did miracles. Jeremiah preached a great word. John the Baptist preached repentance. I mean, Jesus, he got beat to the punch. Somebody else showed up that said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus shows up and said, hey, that's my message. You stole, my, you stole the words right out of my mouth. He didn't care. 
because he knew who he was. Jesus was not an insecure person (laughs) because he knew. But he didn't know who he was because people defined him. He knew who he was because he allowed his father to define him. He came up out of the water after John the Baptist baptizes him and a booming voice comes through the clouds and says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus knew where to find his identity. And when you know where to find your identity, you won't get moved by when other people try to identify you for you. You'll say, no, that's not who I am. Doctor says you're sick. No, I'm, I'm not sick. That's not my identity. My identity is with my father. And he says that I am healed. I am the healed of the Lord. He sent his angels and they ministered healing to me. That's who I am. Oh, you're, you're poor. You, you're not going to be able to do that. You, you don't have a great enough. No, I'm not poor. I have provision. All of my, all my needs are met and provided for according to the riches in heaven. But that's because I know my authority. That's because I go to the word. Because the bank's not going to tell you that all your provision is met. The doctor's not going to tell you that you're healed and restored and don't worry about it. No, they're going to identify you based upon your outside. So we've got to go to the right source. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Who is the source? You've got to know your source. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us, what's that word? What's that word? Make. You awake this morning? Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so, verse 27, God created, let us make, God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So, you can answer this, who created us? God. God created us. That's called a manufacturer. That's called a manufacturer. If you want to know your identity, go to the person who put you here. Go to the person that created you. Go to the one that gave you purpose, gave you life, and gave you a design. Gave you a structure. Go to, go to your manufacturer. That's where your identity lies. See, nobody is going to go to Ford and tell them that a Mustang is a Camaro. No, I made that. That's a Mustang. That's, I'm the manufacturer. I created that. You can call it whatever you want, but it's still a Mustang. They're the manufacturer. They know. And so where we get twisted is when we allow other people to define us rather than going to God's word. Look at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of what? Life. Not only did he create man on the outside, but he put life on the inside. So everything that you are and everything that we're supposed to be came from the same source. came from the same source, outside and inside. We have an identity, and it's 
in Christ. We have an identity, but maybe that's not how other people see us. Maybe that's not how other people identify us. But if we're going to know our identity, then we have to go to the right source. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Look at verse 14. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. Verse 15. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. When you discover a new identity, you'll discover a new life. You will live differently based upon realizing and recognizing who you really are. I mean, the only way I can compare it is if you find out that you've got a bank account with your name on it that's got millions of dollars in it. And you just never knew about it. But you've had access the whole time. But because you didn't know, you, didn't, you weren't able to access what you didn't know. Coming into the kingdom should be like accessing a million-dollar bank account. We should come into realization of something that we've got access to now. And that's how I felt about 12, 13 years ago. I've had access to all this the whole time and no one told me? I've had power over sickness and disease and no one's told me? I've had power over confusion and worry and anxiety. I've, I have the ability to control my mouth and control my temper. I have the ability to make right decisions in life. I have Jesus. I'm hidden in Christ. What? I thought I was just going to heaven. I thought I just was getting free access to walk on streets of gold and live with Jesus for the rest of my life. I didn't realize that now I'm in him right now. You should feel like you won the lottery. This is not teaching that is taught in every church. You won't hear this just anywhere. You can't just walk in any door and hear this kind of teaching. And it's sad because until we know who we are, we can't be who we are. You've heard me say it millions of times. Nothing should happen in the earth without the church's permission. Nothing happened without Jesus' permission. If that storm wasn't, uh, wasn't allowed to rage, then it wasn't going to. If he told it to stop, it was going to stop. If he called deadness to come to life, it came to life. If he called a demon to come out, it came out. It did what he said, but it's because he knew who he was. And we're not speaking to enough stuff because we, we watch the news and we see the stuff that's happening in our world today. And we sit back like everybody else. And we say, man, this is terrible. Wish I could do something about it. <laughs> and we have the ability to do because of who we are. Look at verse 16. 
Therefore, from now on, look at this. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. When you get new life on the inside, you can disregard the old life on the outside. Do you see that? Therefore, now on, we as believers, when we see another believer that's come into the kingdom, we no longer regard them according to the flesh on the outside. I don't take into account all the wrong. I don't take into account all the stuff you do. I don't care about your past. I don't care what I see today because I know there's something else on the inside that can come out if you let it. But the new life is on the inside. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, thus no longer. Look at verse 17. Therefore, therefore, because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is now your identity. That is now who you are. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, you're still trapped around people that, that regard you according to the old junk. They're, you're still trapped around people that see the divorce and see the hurt and see the pain and see the failures and see the things that you used to do and the way you used to talk. They're all around you and they regard you according to the outside. But get in touch with the one who knows what showed up on the inside, who gave you a new creation, a new identity, and start living that out. You live the new life from the inside out, not from the out. Quit trying to take care of all the stuff on the outside. Let the stuff on the inside get rid of all that. Move all that. Shift all that. Let the new man on the inside change the way you talk. Change the way you think. Change the way you act. Change the way you do things. Change the way you respond. That's the new life. That's the kingdom life. If anyone is in Christ, this is a term that Paul uses a ton. I, I, I want to say it's in the epistles over a hundred times, in Christ or in him. And like I told you, I've got them all underlined in this Bible. Because that term is now who I am. That's referring to me. And until I find out who I am in Christ, I will always be defined by who I am in the world. How do you get to be in the world, but not of it? Because I'm in the world, but I'm in Christ in the world. When you're in Christ in the world, then you can change the world. If you're just in the world just to be in the world, then you're not changing anything. You're adapting. But when you are in Christ in the world, then you can change the world around you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What does this tell me? It tells me this. I'm no longer identified by my past. I am now identified by my future. I'm not identified by the stuff I used to do. I'm now identified by the stuff that I'm going to do. I'm identified by the stuff that I can do. I'm identified by the stuff that I'm doing. And I'm not identified. I'm not defined by the things that happened in my life in the past. The old man. But the new life has a great future ahead. The new life is going to change things. The new life is going to do things. The new life is going to be extraordinary. Your old life was ordinary, but this new life is going to be extraordinary. 
because of who's on the inside. Let's keep going. Verse 18. Now all things are, for, are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Reconciled, brought back together. You've been brought back together with God through Jesus. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now we have the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? I've been reconciled to reconcile. I've been brought close to God, so now I can help others get close to God. Do you see that? We have the ministry of reconciliation. That's not like a formal ministry in churches and this is our reconciliation pastor and he's over the ministry of reconciliation. That's everybody's duty. That's everybody's role. We all have the ministry of bringing people back to God through Christ. (laughs) Verse 19, that is that God was in Christ reconciling or bringing the world back to himself not imputing their trespasses to him, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So God has refused to hold your past against you. He refuses. He won't do it. He won't look at it. No matter how many times you bring it up, he's not going to talk about it. I don't want to hear it. This is what I see. God is so fixed on the future that he doesn't spend any time in the past. Now then, We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. We said last week that God made Jesus ordinary so that we could become extraordinary. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God. What? In him. In him. When God looks at me, he sees Jesus. Look at, look at Colossians. Look at the way Paul writes it in Colossians. This is one of my favorite passages. I, could, I couldn't have said it any better. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. See, what are you seeking? And where are you looking for it? Are you looking for identity in the crowd of people you hang out with? Are you looking for identity in the bank account? Are you looking for identity in the job or the career that you have? Are you looking for identity in the type of car you drive or the type of house you live in? Are you looking for identity in the type of church you go to? Or are you looking? See, that's where denominations come from. Oh, I'm a Pentecostal. I'm Baptist. I'm Methodist. I'm Muslim. I'm Buddhist. What is that? Identity. Everybody's looking for identity. Everybody wants to know who they are, why they're here, and what they're supposed to do. Everybody. The guy under the bridge is looking for it, and the billionaire on the beach is looking for it. It's because none of those things identify you. None of those things will fulfill. But if you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where he is. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died. And your life is what? 
hidden with Christ. Hidden with Christ. Hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear. So where Jesus goes, I go. I'm hidden in Christ. In essence, he's saying this. When God sees me, he sees Jesus. You need to tell yourself that. When God sees me, he's seeing Jesus. How do you think God looks at Jesus? What do you think God sees when he sees Jesus? The perfect son? The one that's obedient every time? The one that didn't take into account his surroundings, but went in and changed what was around him? When God sees you, he sees Jesus. The one that's righteous? Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Amen? Our lives are now hidden with Christ. And see there in verse 3, he said that you have died. Obviously, he's not talking about you physically dying. You didn't physically die and get reborn a new person. You've put to, the, put to death the flesh on the outside. You've killed it. You've destroyed it. I'm no longer identified. Don't be identified with dead stuff. You have died. So quit going back and picking it back up and dragging it around with you. Leave the dead man in the grave and start living out the new life that you have on the inside. It's why you've got to discover your identity. Look at this. What you do in life is not determined by who God thinks you are, but by who you know you are. I know believers that God thinks the best of them. God knows who they are. God knows who their identity is. But they don't know. And they're living a shallow life. They're living a life that's empty. They're not living a life that's full. They're not living the kingdom life. They're living a weak, impotent life. But God has given us all the power, all the authority, all the new life of the new identity in Christ. When he looks at them, he sees Jesus. But when they look at themselves, they see failure. They see weak. They see slow. They see incapable, unable, not qualified. So your number one and goal in life, your number one goal in life should be to discover what does God say about me and let me believe that about myself. I mean, as parents, isn't that what we try to do with our children? Just try to get them to believe in themselves. We know what's in there. We know what they're capable of. We know what they can do. And look, you need to surround yourself with people that will encourage you to believe in yourself too. If you're sitting around people that are weak and are pulling you down, bringing you down, and keeping you down, you need to get out of that. That will stunt your growth in the kingdom of God. That will hinder you and keep you from knowing who you are, and when you don't know who you are, then you can't be who you are, and you can't do the things that you're supposed to do. Change the source. Change the source. Look, for the rest of your life, there will always be voices in your head. 
whether they're your own or whether they're people that are around you. Whether it's a commercial on TV, whether it's a, a friend of yours at work or maybe a co-worker, maybe it's uh, someone that you grew up, maybe it's your own parents that disregard the new life on the inside. You've heard me say it before, that people around you only have the capability only to see your past or your present. But God sees your future. Get around people. Do like Jesus. Get around people that are going to agree with who God says. See, that's what I do as a pastor. I don't look at people based upon past and present. There was one time in my life where someone disregarded my flesh. Looked past my past. Looked past what I was presently, currently producing. And saw a future. And saw potential. And saw a power on the inside that could come out if I would let it. And you want to get around those people. That's one of my favorite things as a pastor is to look at someone and look past all the garbage and see the greatness. The greatness that they don't even say, see, that they don't even know is in there. Doing things that they would never think they could do. I love to do that. That's probably my greatest thrill as a pastor is having the ability to work with people that mess up and teaching them how to get the good stuff on the inside to show up on the outside. And we've done it. The ones that will allow it. The ones that will allow that. There's, sure, there's some pressure. Sure, there's some cutting things off. Sure, there's some changing of the mind. Because you're trained to only look at the outside. That's how we're trained in life. What someone produces on the outside, that's who they are. But I want to show you through today's message and through tomorrow's that there's a new identity, a new person, a new creation on the inside. And if we can identify with what's on the inside, we can disregard what's on the outside. We've got to learn to come into this knowledge. Get with the source. Get with the one who knows everything about you. Get with the one who knows why you're here. He knows stuff that you haven't even come to know yet. He knows that there are powers and abilities and there's capabilities inside of you that you've got to know for yourself. God can know everything about you, but if you don't know it, you'll never do it. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want to present this. If you're not in Christ, if you're not in Christ, then you can't come to know this knowledge. You need to be in Christ. If you have not made a confession of making Jesus the Lord of your life, we need to take care of that. Without that knowledge, you won't do the greatness. You won't see extraordinary. You won't see that power and that life that God has for you. If you're in this room today and you have not made a confession of Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I give my life to you. I ask you to come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross, rose again. Just raise your hand right where you're at. 
Because He cares about you. He loves you. Hallelujah. Now, if you've made that confession, but you haven't given yourself to truly understanding this new life, look, it's more than a prayer. Look, you just won the lottery, but you didn't know it. Somebody just gave you access to a brand new life, but you're still living the old one. You didn't know you could actually live it. You thought you had to wait till you got on gold streets to live it. I'm here to tell you today that we have that new life in Christ today in the earth. I want everyone to say this out loud with me. Say, dear God, I thank you for the new life you've given me. I thank you for the revelation of my new identity. You've created me to do great things. You've created me to be a great person. To rise above the norm. To rise above familiarity. And so I thank you as I give my life, give my time, give my thoughts to study your word, And to understand this new life, I thank you that you will reveal it, and then I will live it. Father, I thank you today for every person in this room. I thank you for the new identity that you've given us, the new life. But Father, we've been giving ourselves to the wrong source, and that's caused us to be weak, that's caused us to be impotent, that's caused us to to fall back in things that we should be overcoming in. So I thank you today as we commit ourselves to understand and know the new life you've given us. I thank you that you will show us by your Holy Spirit. You'll reveal this new life. Reveal our new identity. The old things have passed away. We put away the past. We're the ones that keep bringing it up. Not you. We're the ones that keep letting that be a thought in our minds. Not you. But, Father, I thank you that we will commune with you. We will spend time with you. We will get to know you. And you will reveal the greatness that's on the inside of us. I thank you for this word. And we will commit ourselves, dedicate ourselves to continue to be in it. So that we can be all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.